That's so funny. The funniest thing that's ever happened in the history of humanity. <laughs> Anyways, like it started out with him just like looking at the pond. My dog Bebo, he's a golden golden retriever. Yeah. Is that what you are? Yeah, okay. Uh hey man, what are you? <laughs> that what, real quick. Is that, what flavor are you? Um <laughs> vanilla. And then like we have like a waterfall type deal to like to the filter. So then he started like drinking it and I'm like, buddy, stop. It's probably not good. Like I know it's filtered, but it's it is stagnant, okay? And then I catch him just standing in it. And like it's not even big. It's like maybe three or four feet across and like three feet deep. Like it is not like a big little, just a little like koi pond. Fucking just standing in it, just chilling. And now that the fish, the goldfish inside of it are big enough, he stands on the edge and like tries to hunt them from the edge. Tries to like, you know, grab one out of the water. And I caught him yesterday in his little like hunting pose, all like crouched down, staring at the water, ready to go. So I snuck up behind him and I like touched his butt on both sides. What are you doing? Real loud. And he like jumped like a foot in the air and like fell into the pond. Uh, classic. Uh, classic. Got him. Got him. You know what's funny about Afro Man is he got uh, raided recently. And he was all like, they just raided me because of my past music and because I'm black. You know what's funny about you referencing Afro Man is that I was singing the song before we started recording. That's actually so. uh, why I brought it up because I was like, "Oh, <laughs> speak, speak, speaking of my uh, my my bro, Mister Afro, my buddy." That's the only song I know by him. I probably know Old Forty Five. Like, oh yeah, I know that one. Okay. Yeah, but like, not, Met not this a lot. girl in Oklahoma. Put that pussy in a coma. Yeah, it's pretty. A poet. He's a poet. It's pretty. Uh, I don't know. It's a, you know, it's a, it's a pretty straightforward song. You know, he doesn't leave much to the imagination. With uh, all these women that man he meets. knows what he needs. Yeah, met this That's girl another, in California. Yeah. Had green hair, but damn, she looked good. I took her to my house because she was fine, but she whooped out a dick that was bigger than mine. I don't know if that one's California or not, but so funny stuff. Funny, I, funny. oh fucking Coolio! It's before it's time, really. Coolio died. Coolio, Coolio. I don't know any Coolio songs either. I know of Gangsters Coolio. Paradise. Oh fuck! Of course I know Gangsters Paradise. Oh, I saw that know. in the headline. Coolio of Gangsters Paradise dead. Did he like die of natural causes or? Uh. When I, re- when, when I read about it, it didn't have a cause of death listed yet. But if it says died, he probably wasn't murdered. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I don't think there was like foul play or anything. There was, I don't know the dude's name. There was some rapper murdered recently. Um, and it was like a big deal in like the rap community. And Nicki when... Minaj. So like it was someone post, like the girl he was with posted about like their post to their location, posted a picture of a chicken and waffle she was eating because apparently she never had it before, whatever. And that is how the dudes like ops knew where he was and killed him. So people thinking it was a setup or something, right? Mm-hmm. Not what I'm talking about. Nicki Minaj tweeted about uh, you know, no one's no one's posting pictures anymore. Can't let them know where we are. It's like you know what I mean. Talking about not revealing their location, and someone replied and was like, "Lady, you're married to a sex offender. Everybody knows 
your address. (laughs) 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 Yeah. Well, I mean, let's see. In the last eight years, um, no X was murdered in Florida, and there's like a whole conspiracy that or uh, not Drake Drake set it up. I think it was Drake. I think it's who the conspiracy was around. Yeah, it was Drake because they had like offset um, like beef, and uh, I think the beef was all was all like kind of fake. You know, I'm sure there's diehard X fans out there that'd be like, "It was real. It was Drake. Oh my god!" And then Pete, you know, people think as they people think Pete was not murdered necessarily, but either given a hot shot or allowed to OD. Yeah. Because he was popping off and the rest of his little rap group wasn't and they were jealous. Yeah. Well, I know a lot of... Who was that other young, popular guy? Winning for the exhale. Oh, Juice World. Yeah, he was big. He was huge, yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of tragic young, like, talent that's died in the last, you know... I think think a lot of them... I mean, yeah... They're all dying young too. It's not even like these rappers are dying in their early twenties. It's not even like the whole twenty seven club yeah, bit no, where no, yeah. No, they're they're I mean, they're barely making it out of their teens before they're <laughs> I wanna say X was like twenty two or twenty three when he got shot. Like I know he had a kid on the way. <clears throat> Real sad uh, stuff. You you make you put yourself out there like that, you make enemies, you know. It's um, it's, uh, it's too bad. Unrelated. Uh, he, was, Go ahead. he was born in 98 and died in 2018. So oh, yeah, we were exactly, the same age. He was exactly yeah. 20. Isn't that crazy? He was a uh, famous turned... rapper, and I was working in the lumberyard. What? We're the same age. I was just making it. I was just no, making it. Yeah, like, no. yeah. I was like, what? What about what a lumberyard? Talking, what are you talking about? Stop it! Stop it right now! Yeah, so tra- yeah, <laughs> no, tra- not again. Tragic. tragic. Uh, um, it's crazy. But uh, you know, we have a show to run here, so let's run it. Uh, welcome everybody to the Unwise Analysis podcast, featuring me, Tyler, and Nick. Me being Nick I'm... and him being Tyler. Yes, he's Nick. I'm Tyler. Don't yeah, don't be confused. Don't get. Um, I'm doing pretty up. good. I've had a long fucking day. Yeah, no. But so I'm excited I had a, to be here. I had a week, man. I have a week. So this week I was in um, a required uh, certification class for uh, food safety. Because um, we are food on grade. the heels of opening up a kitchen at our facility. Oh, to, to make your own edibles? Yep, yeah, to make edibles. So, Are you guys food grade anyways? I guess you're probably medical grade, aren't you? That's probably your standards is like medical grade cleanliness. Yeah. I mean, we use like GMPs and best practices and stuff like that. I was, just, I was curious because like we're technically food, we're supposed to be food grade because we make animals. I mean, feed. everything we use, um, everything that comes in contact with our product is um, no, uh-huh. worries, no worries there. Uh, except for the floor, if it touches the floor, it goes bye bye. Um, <laughs> it's like a big box of bud that touches the floor. It says, "Take it your own risk." It's like, <laughs> how did you guys? How did you guys end up with uh, an entire dry room of 
material on the floor. I have no idea, man. Dude, those plants are stacked be, so close together. It's like dominoes. <laughs> that would be that would be such a god. I could only imagine the hell that that would unleash. Um, really you know, in a funny. regulatory state, it's yeah, it's nothing to fuck around with, man. It's like it's like pharmaceuticals, but worse. It's like more regulated than pharmaceuticals, if, which is if, really if, funny. If you can believe that? That's kind of crazy, in my. Opinion. It's uh, it's new and you know scary. scary. You know, and Ohio is a conservative state as it is, so the fact that we haven't. You know, um. So, anyways, I was taking this food safety course uh, all week to get certified. Um, PCQI, uh, basically preventative control, QI something. Um, but yeah, learning about uh how to keep a a clean facility and write uh food safety plans and this that and the other. So I'm certified in that now, so that's fun. Um, Add it to the resume, baby. Yeah, the resume. That. Uh, speaking of resumes and jobs and economy and everything else, Ohio's uh, minimum state minimum wage was raised to ten dollars and ten cents. So congrats, I had no idea. Congratulations if you uh, you know are living in a impoverished uh, state of being and you know. At least know that you can make ten bucks an hour now. I don't feel like I myself, without a family, could survive anywhere around here on ten bucks an hour. No, no, I'm, I'm struggling on a fixed salary. Okay, and I mean, granted, I've only gotten three paychecks of that fixed salary so far since my promotion, but it's uh, it's gonna take time to rebound from all of the, you know, nice overtime. Yeah. Yeah, it's no, tough no, out here. No, no overtime for me. No, really? I'm, I'm good. I work my 40 and get paid the exact same amount every two weeks. I'm chill. It's great. I get eight hours overtime every week. Isn't that great? Uh, that's how 84 was. You always got scheduled 48 hours. And I was like, Yeah, you know, we Why? were 84 and we were talking and we we're like, I'm like, man, these five days, five days, 10 hours, no thank you. I'm working. I'm I'm not working five days no more. I'm working four days. No more ten hours for me. No more. Ten hours is too long. And now I'm working twelves? The fuck's up with that? That's called you getting fucked by the man, dude. <laughs> you uh these ten hours are too long. You uh you settled you're settling for the twelve hours because it probably pays a hell of a lot better than what that lumberyard did. It does, and it's kind of nice only working four days a week. Like, four twelves does kind of suck, but... I think before I left there, like, right before I left there, um, I think MT's minimum pay went up to 14 an hour. But they no longer got personal bonuses, but they still were this... store. You can still get a store bonus, but not the personal. And Which, in my opinion, I felt like was kind of a dumb move. Because, I mean, you have no incentive to sell now. That's what I'm saying. Like, I didn't work very hard, and I got personal bonuses, right? Yeah. yeah. You think I'm going to work hard for a fucking store bonus? No. Well, there's just no incentive to meet, like, a personal sales goal. The only thing you're contributing towards now is the store. And let's face it, the salesman in the back office were the one who hit store goals, not the front counter. I mean, the front counter padded it, like, a little bit, but we never had anything big enough coming through the front door to fucking well, hit a those, score goal. 
those sale guys are the ones that like the sales goals are based around. You know what I mean? They're based around their ballpark and what they want to see out of them. Not yeah, no, it's, that's yeah. totally true. And it was always by gross profit. It was never like actual total sales. Right. If Which it was if it, if it was total sales versus gross profit, we would have hit every month, even during COVID, because we would hit our sales goal, but our gross profit is what they cared about, and as they should. I mean, as a company, when you're trying to make money, your gross profits all that matters. You can say fuck it to everything else. If you have a million dollar sale, and you only made, you know. Two percent on it, then it was you know oh right. you know, yeah you'd rather see that around like a five that would be a lot better but um, that's crazy yeah I mean isn't that crazy to think about though you have is. a million dollar sale and you're like five percent that ain't dick but when you do the when you do the math because I'm curious now and I should know this but I don't I mean yeah that's that's fifty, brother. Fifty thousand. That's fifty thousand. Five percent is okay. So, but I don't know. I don't know what it'd be. I'm not good at math. Yeah, this is a math podcast now. It's a yeah. It's fifty. It's fifty. It's fifty grand. So I mean, five percent on a million dollars, and you're only making fifty grand. Yeah, right. That's rough. Is that's really really funny it's horrible margins that's yeah funny. that's like i made a five percent markup on this it's like damn i'd be happy with a five percent like i mean you know, the front counter bonus if you were selling things anywhere from like 12 to 16 percent that was like the sweet spot it was funny that i you could literally do whatever you wanted like if i didn't like somebody and i wanted oh, to fuck yeah. like one person nobody i wanted to charge like 98 percent and or whatever Nobody yeah. would say anything. Like, <laughs> yeah, no. It's like, oh, I don't want to deal with this customer. Let's make that GP fifty six. Okay, I'm fucking you. And if you want to buy this, it's gonna cost you. So um, you're paying my bills, bitch. And Lonnie, <laughs> Lonnie, Lonnie always killed me as an MT man because he would fucking answer the phone. And and he always answered the phone the exact same way in his deep monotone voice, with a little bit of charm added at the end. He'd say, "Thank you for calling eighty four lumber in Delaware. This is Lonnie. Help me help you." That's exactly <laughs> how he'd answer the phone. And like ten seconds later, he's like, "Nope, I don't have that in stock. Thanks. Bye. Click. Nope, we don't have it. Yeah. It'd be like, and it could be something as simple as, do you have six by sixes? And Lonnie'd be like, he'd look out the front door and be like, nope, sorry. Click. <laughs> so funny. He was not about working at the front. I desk. didn't, I didn't have the balls he had, but I had more than a couple of times. I told somebody, I was like, look, man, it's going to be cheaper and easier for both you and me if you just go to Lowe's for this one. Like, <laughs> yeah, you, I mean, you can get it today there. <laughs> if you like are dead set on doing business with me, um, sure, I'll order it for you. But you realize if you drive like 10 minutes down the road, like Home Depot has it. Okay. They have it. Like, you can wait the four to six weeks <laughs> with like, me, or you can just go get and, it now. And they would always be like, I'm already here. I don't want to drive to Home Depot. Go ahead and fucking order it. But, sir, you realize that means you're going to have to come back here. I don't give a shit. I'm here now. <laughs> Order it. It's like, fuck.
hilarious. I'm so glad I don't work with the customers anymore. Jesus oh, fuck. Oh, Jesus Christ, man. Me fucking too. And if me... I... If go I ahead, had sorry. to go, I was gonna say, if I had to go back into retail one more time, I would have blown my f- fucking brains out, or everybody else around me. Yeah, or <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> or I would be in the bell tower, fucking sniping, you know, retail customers. It's so funny, dude. Lol, Jk. Uh, <laughs> when did I actually do that? Whatever. <laughs> Domestic terrorism is that what you just submitted to? You little shit. Yeah. Now my IP address is be compromised. Sitting there. Already been so those I've, proud boys. I've already been red flagged. Okay. They probably were already upset after I admitted how much I hate religion last week. Um. So. Yeah. I mean, it's uh. It says in God we trust on our money. God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> Good enemy of the state. Dying. Okay. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's how my week went. And a little bit of a flashback for y'all. But um there is there is a, a good shining bright star in your in your week, Nick. There is. If you if you were being threatened by a you know, an asteroid coming to hit Earth, there's a slight chance that it we could fix it now. How exciting is that? You know, it's really crazy is the first video I saw because <laughs> you and I talked about it going to happen before it actually happened. We just reported on maybe you and I just talked about it, but I, I don't even we, know. Yeah, I we thought we talked have, we about it. Have. We might have talked about it on the podcast, but um, regardless, what's funny is the first thing I read in all the comments is <laughs> oh, now it's redirected for Earth. You know. It's uh, everyone went that route with the uh, commentary. Um, that'd be really funny though, wouldn't it? Well, we fucked up. <laughs> we fucked yeah. up bad. Yeah. Well, boys, I think I said it a little too hard this time. Um. So yeah, I mean, it's cool if uh, if it actually made a difference in its trajectory or its actual flight pattern, then. And and it, it could be viable. I don't know. I know like in every movie, anytime we've intervened with the path of a asteroid. We simply blow it up. We blow it up into a larger you know, two larger pieces versus one large piece, and now those two larger pieces are heading for us instead of just one. And they could impact in different places. You know, increasing the amount of destruction. So I don't know. <laughs> it's uh, it, it, it seems I don't know how much it costs to do that, but it seems like a really expensive contingency plan. That's but really funny. Maybe what it's, they need. Maybe it's is worth you know saving everyone's lives too. So a rocket, right? Yeah. With a really pointy tip, and you shoot it at the asteroid. And it sticks into the asteroid, and yes. then it drives the asteroid away. Oh, yeah, that would require a lot of fuel. Yeah. Yeah, more fuel than what you can hold on a small rocket like that. Wrong. Wasn't this just a satellite that they ran into it? I have no idea. I thought it might have been. I'm pretty sure. What do you think, like, the force? Like, what's the math here? Like, I'm not a math guy, Okay, so it was going approximately 400,000 miles per hour when it was flying towards it like okay like the asteroid is 
got to be massive. Like it's probably not like a, the biggest one we've seen because it's just a test or whatever. But just the weight of this rock that's rocketing through space at a thousand miles an hour or whatever, you know, what Way what kind of what kind of force does it take to change that trajectory? You know what I mean? It has to be immense. It probably has to be pretty impactful. But look at it this way: uh, there's been simulations done of objects going hitting the Earth at the speed of light. And um, I think the smallest one I've seen so far is a grain of sand. Literally just a grain of sand. If a grain of sand from space hit Earth at the speed of light, it would annihilate all life on this planet. It Like, every bit of air in our atmosphere that it touches on the way in turns just to plasma. Yeah. Like, everything it touches turns to plasma. Yep. It's so, crazy. So speed and size are two huge factors, especially with meteorites. So if a meteorite is super huge and going super fast and makes an impact, the the damage is actually worse. If it's coming in, if it's super big and coming in super slow, it has more time to break up, not entirely, but has more time cooking in the atmosphere which helps increase friction on it and the slower it would hit the you know it'd still be devastating but it wouldn't be like it would and wouldn't be complete and total annihilation it would just be partial um but you you change that speed once again it works the same with super small items Obviously, a super small small item going super slow is going to fizzle out in the atmosphere, and we probably wouldn't even see it. You might see a streak in the night sky if you're lucky. Um, but you change the scenario, and you make that super something small go immensely fast, it becomes it becomes very dangerous. Very dangerous indeed. It's really interesting. So bunch of physics and shit that I have no idea how it works, but... Isn't that, like, the property behind, like, a railgun firing a small rod at immense speeds? Mm-hmm. Yeah, using magnets, nonetheless, to, you know, per- make it go forward. It's crazy. Um, have you heard of, um... I cannot think of what they're fucking called. They're, like, the rods of God or something stupid like that, mm-hmm. but it's the stero- theory... theory... I can't think of... Say the word, wow... Fake weapon, weapon idea, theoretical, theoretical weapon. Yeah, theoretical, there you go. Um, It's basically like a satellite that's full of giant tungsten rods that they drop from the atmosphere. I've seen that, yes. It would be... Destruction. Yeah, it would be so devastating. And think, that's just a fucking chunk, a rod of rock, essentially. It's just kinetic energy, that's all it is. You know, it's like... Well, tungsten is indestructible as it is. Um, but, like, they were saying, like, it'd be hard to aim correctly and also nearly impossible to reload, having to take tungsten rods back up to space and place them back into the satellite or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The recovery effort for one rod would be immense. Um, I wonder what the impact would look like. Like, obviously, it'd crater. But do you think probably it would find like... a 3D simulation of it? I bet you could, yeah. Um, 
that's you know how I've seen the simulations of grains of sand hitting the earth at the speed of light. At it least. is really exciting that I feel this private space effort we've seen in the past couple of years has helped fund the public space effort. Like NASA's doing more things now. Well, yeah, and it, it, took, it, it, it took the general public becoming interested in space again. After the initial space race and landing on the moon, we went back a couple more times, had a couple failed attempts at it. Well, the, the Challenger really put a bad taste in everybody's mouth. I was going to say, but you also transitioned from rockets to a reusable shuttle, and that shuttle wasn't going past you know, a certain point in space. The shuttle was most was mainly used for in-orbit functions, not out-of-orbit functions. As in, the funding for NASA got very scarce, and they couldn't afford to do anything but in-orbit functions. However, those in-orbit functions gave us the International Space Station, obviously with the help of Russia and some other countries. Uh, that had a mutual interest in um, studying Earth and space from, you know, the orbit of our planet. And um, so, you know, we quit going to the moon, and there's conspiracies about why we quit going to the moon, because the last time we were there, we apparently saw something so horrific, we decided to never go back. However, we are planning to go back now. Nazi moon base. Why uh why all of a sudden China's had a rover up there for a while now. That's why China's up there. Yeah, but ex- exploring the dark side of the moon and have you heard like wh- what I've heard is we're going back up because we're afraid China's going to attempt to colonize or build installations on the hidden of the dark side of the moon. Yeah. I mean, there's one thing America doesn't like to be, and it's usually the last of things like that. Um, so I think, you know, with the development of the Space Force during Trump's administration, the amount of money uh, that is federally being provided to NASA now, the James Webb Telescope, uh, obviously you have SpaceX doing their shenanigans. You have Blue Origin shooting giant phallic items into the atmosphere you've got that virgin mobile dude who flew his not rocket space plane thing in low orbit so that he could float you'll float too um it's really funny yeah i mean there's a lot of uh, excitement around space again i mean coca-cola came out with a space flavored coca-cola earlier this year it's very pop culture right now. It's very popular. It's very marketable. It's something people are interested in. And you have a whole new generation of computer babies, essentially, our kids and even Gen Z, who have legitimate uh, invested interest in seeing what we can accomplish beyond our own planet. So it's really exciting to be on the frontier of space. As a millennial, I probably won't get to see, you know, the the true potential that we could unlock, assuming we don't end ourselves before it's too late. Nuclear annihilation. Or climate change, whatever, you know, whatever comes first. 
Um, I mean, climate change is perpetual, but I mean, the actual rising of sea levels and destruction of millions of acres of land and property and all those east coast and west coast and Floridian Gulf coasters all fleeing to the central epicenters of the country over flooding our not so populated states right now and you know causing complete and total anarchy it'll be fun it will be We'll be too old to, to give a shit. Sit back say, and watch it all I, burn. I was going to say, I better be pooping my pants by then. Like on purpose. Um, purpose? Just to be a dick about it? Yeah. Like, I, my butt's been wiped. Poop. I pooped too much. I pooped again. <laughs> <laughs> then you got Dark Brandon out here. just fucking telling bitches to eat his dick, and then people tell him to calm the fuck down. It's just a joke. I wonder what he said. Um, this in corn pop. What's funny is uh, we're not even supposed to be on this topic. He yet. said, hey, hey man, but, but can fuck you it. shut up? But fuck it. We're, we're already derailed because we weren't supposed to start with space. So Yeah, we were. No, we weren't. What was supposed to be first? I don't remember. Oh, the fishing tournament. Yeah, fuck. the fishing tournament. Yeah, I just knew it wasn't space. But uh, let's not get derailed now because we're, we're already talking about the fishing tournament. Oh, he'll no. be third now. <laughs> he'll, be, he'll be he'll be third now, or he'll come after the main event. Regardless, let's just get into World War Three real quick since it's kind of it kind of plays hand in hand with here. space. This was it, all your fault, fucking Dark Brandon. Geopolitics. Um, um Nordstrom. Um, Nordstrom. Nordstrom's love that place. Oh, Nordstrom or Nordstream? Nordstream, Nordstrom Nord- too. Nordstrom too. Nordstream Nord- 2.0, the gas line that got blown the fuck up. What what do they sell at Nordstrom too? Like in, what do they sell at Nordstrom too? Is it like an Urban Outfitters type deal? I think they sell. Or is um, it like camping and hiking? Oh, with I face. See. I have no idea. Well, you see, Nordstrom sells clothing, so Nordstrom too probably sells AR-15s. Ah, uh, yeah, that would. Yeah, that, that's yeah. the only logical answer. They're a defense contractor. That makes yeah, sense. Right. Um, but yeah, so you have a you have a lot going on there with that too. Uh, people, you know, basically Europe blaming Russia, Russia blaming America, specifically America, not just the West. They're not doing the West. <laughs> no, it's us. Finger pointing. It's it's us. Well, there's a clip of Biden saying something along the lines of, if they don't cooperate, there will not be a Nordstrom too. And someone goes, how can you do that? That's a Germany and Russia thing. That doesn't involve us. And he's like, we'll stop it. But that was from like, yeah, the beginning I saw that. of the I saw war. That. I saw that clip. He said, I promise you it won't happen. <laughs> but also, we've been hearing how much about Russian false flags for the last seven months. So it's like... yeah, At this point, they're playing a desperate game of what the fuck should we do now? Because <laughs> in his whole illegal declaration of claiming Ukrainian territories on Friday was just ridiculous. Oh, yeah. But, like, people are saying that Russia has nothing to gain from this because that's their pipeline. And it's like, 
they do because he, here's like their only bargaining chip is to turn it off during the winter, right? To try to pressure Germany. But if that's not going to work, they do this horribly constructed false flag where they blow up their own pipelines and say it was America to try to cause a fracture in NATO. You know what I mean? To you know what? Stir the pot there. Yeah, you know what though? What? It doesn't matter. Because no, at, at the end of the day, regardless of who you believe did it, it's done. Um, we are so, NATO. So whatever, whatever consequences it's going to reap, they've been rupt, so, if so, so to say. Like you're not gonna right. you're not gonna fix it in time to you know make a dent in the demand for natural gas in Germany, um, but admittedly Germany was told not to get in bed with Russia over energy, especially uh, before any of this shit started. So well, Germany also, from my understanding, Germany and France both have nuclear plants that they're either not using at full capacity or not using at all. Well, it's they because could. they're part of a little thing called the is it the Paris Concord? Some sort of Paris Agreement, Paris Deal, or Parents Green Deal, I don't know. Basically, it's a uh, every, like, basically, Nate, like, really large European, obviously America, uh, Canada, basically NATO in general. Um, larger countries with very large um, footprints uh, committing to lowering, you know, greenhouse gases year over year. They even have uh, CO2 factories now that suck CO2 out of the air and convert, like, basically these machines. it? Like, yeah, they take the CO2 by the pound. It's like reverse breathing. Yeah, like by the pound, it sucks in CO2, and I think it, like, displaces it underground somewhere. So they're electric trees? <laughs> electric. Um, sounds like a good band name. Anyways. <laughs> it's crazy this pipeline just blew up, though. Like, I don't know, it's, it's just kind of like the Georgia... Keys, keystones or whatever it was. Just things yeah. just spontaneously combusting with uh But it was underwater. Yeah. But Can we talk about the ecological disaster it's gonna cause? Too like Oh yeah, that's like not even like on anyone's mind right now. No, you, just, just... you just released a bunch of natural fucking gas into the ocean. Like Yeah, to the Baltic. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, it's fucked. It's you know, and like nothing, nothing. Oh, we we talked about these conscripts last week. A lot of them are not being trained. They're just sitting out. They're just being sent out to the lines. Like, go get them, boys. Yeah, it's really unfortunate the whole scenario. But what I found super fascinating is Taiwan stood up to China. Uh, recently, I think yesterday or sometime within somewhere within the last 48 hours and basically said 
If we see a single fucking boat or a single fucking plane in our fucking territory, we're going to shoot a fucking missile at you. <laughs> and China was like, oh, you really, hey, you really shouldn't do anything to raise tensions any more than what they are, okay? Why are you being like this? Yeah, why are you doing this? To, why are you talking to us like this? We're family. You're we're, we're provoking big, us. You're just, we're just a big brother who's messing with you. It's just a joke. And it's something I've noticed personally. It's like Russia and China have all this rhetoric. They talk all this hot fucking shit week in and week out. Don't mess with us or we'll fuck you. We're going to fuck you up. It's like they're they're cool to gaslight you. They're cool to raise the tensions and set the bar wherever they want. But as soon as the opposing side steps up to them and looks them in the eye and says, go fuck your fucking self. They're like, hey, 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 calm down. We don't, hey, hey. They're the, the shortest, loudest guy at the bar. Yeah. You, you get up at his face, say, hey, hey, I'm just a little guy, man. I'm just a little guy. You wouldn't hurt a little guy. I'm just guy. a little What's clown. Hey, I'm, hey, I'm, hey, a, I'm a silly I'm just a silly man. guy. Hey, hey. Yeah. No, it's like, it's basically like confronting a bully. I mean, yeah. in high school, it's quite literally the exact same thing. Except That's... either they back away or they destroy the world. Yeah, and I don't believe either of them. I don't think that is their agenda. I think what they're doing right now is they are testing the tolerances of other countries. Like right now, America is smack dab in the middle of the Taiwan, you know, tensions and the Ukrainian tensions. And then you have all of NATO wrapped up in the whole Ukraine thing. Um, so if it sounds like world war three is about to start <laughs> it's probably because world war three is about to start i mean it's crazy because like literally anything could kick it off something like this this pipeline like no one knows who did it no one knows how it happened but it some did. People something claim, like that could some people claim it started friday as soon as putin um annexed those territories so some people so, say and, that's and the that's official another start thing. right there. Because, like, Putin's red line, basically, he's been talking about is, you know, if anyone tries to, I'll use nuclear weapons to defend my territory. If anyone approaches on Russian territory, Russian territory, Russian territory. So now he made those, in his mind, Russian territory. So does that mean if Ukraine tries to take them back in a counteroffensive, that is, you know... Is he going to use a tactical nuke or something like that as a response? Yeah, I mean, to he's he's playing. Uh, he's playing by his own rules, though, because no foreign country, except for maybe China and whoever else, is in that Walmart version of NATO. Um, That's so funny. They, you know, no one else in their right mind who does dealings or commerce with anyone serious in this world is recognizing that sovereignty they're like no fuck you we don't recognize you as that being russia so it's a it's a it's a coin flip it's like well putin can sit there and say well i i claimed those as russian territory so now i i told you it was gonna happen now i'm doing it and then the rest of the world's gonna be like you're high off your fucking rocker that's really funny and now yeah, we have I mean... and now we have to destroy you so I, I don't know why they're playing this game. They've wasted so much effort and so much re- and so many resources on this war as it is. They could not possibly, in their right minds, afford to go on another offensive on another front 
on a country as large as theirs is. And and then in that case, they would have no choice but to nuke their way out of that situation. Exactly. Um, crazy. And if it comes to that, crazy. I mean, yeah, they're going to get plenty of them off and they're going to do a lot of damage. But every other European country and America inevitably is going to send, you know, a buttload of shit to their fucking house, too. So inadvertently, Russia kind of ends itself and part other parts of the world as well it would be really unfortunate and a complete waste of human life and energy human, and human existence yeah uh apparently their nuclear launch system is different than ours though like like ours is like you get the call you push the button yes that's that's it boys apparently theirs they have individual like each like whatever commander's in charge of whatever missile it is has the final say so if Putin says fire him, those commanders also have to say yes, but they don't have to say yes. You know what I mean? They can choose to not fire, and in theory, have nothing happen to them. So we like some people are like are like that, or it's like, well, I'm would really they even? Surprised that that that's a thing. Like that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, people are like, well, would they even fire? And it's like, I really don't want to put my life in the hands of if a Russian officer is truly faithful to the Russian military or not, you know, but it's just interesting that that is how it's set up. Well, in a perfect world, you would probably assume that that Russian commander would have absolute loyalty to your regime and your, your position and would do it based off of fear alone, especially in Putin's case. Like, what's going to happen if I don't do it? Well, either you're going to die, or thousands of other people are going to die. Right. And that's if they even catch you. I mean, if you decide to say, no, go, we're not doing that, then... But Russia's you know, destroyed anyways. Yeah. You know, it's like... Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. The world is on well, fire. Because it's not even like... You know, like, not only, like, anywhere these nukes hit is completely uninhabitable for fucking forever, right? But, Here's like... The They're not going to target just random places. They're going to target strategic locations in any given country they're sending them to. Right, but what I'm saying is, like, the real problem is, with the full annihilation, when everybody starts firing these nukes, all this ash gets put up into the air, you know, and... Yeah, fallout. Radioactive and, fallout. Well, I mean, like... It like will cool the planet supposedly, cause another you know, like a nuclear winter. Yeah, because it blocks out the sun. Yeah, and creates a a period of basically death to anything that's growing in the ground, which it's destroys the, the food supply. The same the, thing that happens when like an asteroid hits or when a super volcano erupts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's the it's the plume or the fallout if you and yeah, once you take the sun out of the equation for a good period of time, yeah, it's gonna I mean you could be in like famine and destruction. Some BFE country with a hundred thousand total population and you're still fucked. You know what I mean? Like you're not a nuclear power, have no dealings in the grand scheme of world geopolitics. But you're done, boy, you're done. Yeah, no, it's not a it's not a singular victim in this case. It's a global, you know. I mean, it's, yeah, it's not like, oh, well, no more America, no more Russia, but everybody else is fine. 
No. Yeah. No, that would be the the least of the worries is you know, there's no more America or Russia. Now it's what happens to the rest of us. We all die a slow, painful death because the radiation. Sun's gone. And... Yeah, it's uh it's crazy and I don't like it, but <laughs> I'm here for it. So they survived it last time and we're better than the boomers, so we can do it again. Yeah, it's just like the last world war that we had. I mean, nuclear weapons were uh, being developed and inevitably used at the end of the war uh, to yeah, basically shut up Japan. And then, <laughs> you know, we came in and took over Japan's everything, installed a new government, and allowed them to no longer have a overly functional military. Um, they have like they have like a private guard that protects Japan, but America, like when it comes to Japan's actual military might, it is completely on uh, America's leash, and it's been that way since the end of World War Two. They're they're doing more of a build up in recent years because of the tensions in the Pacific with China and Taiwan and everything. Because you you know they they all like they know they're getting struck in the opening phases of this war with China and Taiwan because like in, in, like probably Japan in general but at the very least the American military installations in on Japan are going to be hit with a barrage of you know missiles so it's like they're kind of if we're in it they're in it you know like well one thing that's not going to happen is. The Chinese are not going to nuke Taiwan because Taiwan, the whole reason, the whole purpose of annexing Taiwan officially is for them to benefit economically. Right, but I'm saying Japan. Like well, no, I'm would... saying, I, yeah, I get what you're saying, but I'm, what I'm saying is even if China nuked Japan, which RIP to Japan, they don't deserve that. <laughs> but Hilarious. let's say if Japan was to get nuked by, you know, a stray Russian missile or even a China missile or a North Korea missile, it would, you know, it would it would devastate a lot of surrounding things, not just Japan. Right. And you have to think once you nuke something, you've committed to essentially annihilating it and having to spend a very large amount of time and resources if you decide to conquer it and claim it you've now dedicated yourself to having to put all that time and money and resources into fixing it and i just don't think that that's worth it in my opinion right but they probably would just use standard ballistic missiles on these bases targets yeah no i i have I have no doubt about that. But even still, it's like, bruh. And, you know, it would cause a lot more damage in the Pacific as a whole than just Japan. Like, especially if you sent, like, a good payload of uh, nuclear warheads. Right. And then, but I mean, and it's crazy that every North country... Korea as well. So. Right, every country in the area that has American bases or American troops is automatically pulled into this conflict because they're going to be 
like China's going to strike all these strategic locations. So, you know, Japan, South Korea, Guam, all yeah, the big oh, allies. Yep. Um, and yeah, now you have North Korea blowing a bunch of bluster about nukes now. They're like, we have two nukes and we're going to use them if you don't fucking straighten your act up. <laughs> and it's like, wow, you guys really just want to be a footnote on the doorstep of history, don't you? We probably have a nuke big enough to wipe the whole country off the map. It's like a single nuke. You know, like, yeah, unfortunately, if you nuke North Korea, the only thing you're going to end up hurting is South Korea. South Korea. Um, that's, a, that's another lose loot. There's no winning in nuclear warfare. No. Whether no. you use one or 6,000. All out is uncontrollable. And there's no, there's like next to no locations that you can launch a nuke. Like a strategic location, you can launch a nuke and not kill civilians. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's like weapons of mass destruction. That's what they are. You know? I was in high school and my physical science teacher told us about a really interesting bomb that was being developed at the time. And I was like, how about this? But it's, it's really interesting. So what it is, is it's called a neutron so not a not a hydrogen bomb and not an atomic bomb, neutron bomb. And what a neutron bomb would be capable of is releasing a shock wave charged with particles small enough to go through structures and kill people inside of them, but leave the structures intact. Well, that's like the thero- thermobaric bombs they have now. You know, yeah. like where they they blow up above the target, and all the air within like a certain radius lights on fucking fire, right? So like, mm-hmm. if you're in that radius, you know, your insides and outsides are completely burned, scorched. And then after that fire dissipates it creates a vacuum which causes a secondary explosion if you will where in a larger radius it sucks all the air out of everything like it will literally suck the air out of your lungs and collapse your lungs and kill you hell yeah if you're inside a cave system or a bunker or whatever it's metal as fuck it's fucking it's metal but russia used them on civilians in ukraine on two separate occasions that we know that's nice isn't it? Isn't it? But that's still, I mean, not as sophisticated, in my opinion, as a bomb that's got the same force as a nuke, but is capable of leaving a city standing, and now all you have to do is go collect all the bodies. Right. So that would be a fucking job. It's like a chemical attack. Like, it has the same effect, if you will, as a chemical gas attack or a bioweapon bio or something. Yeah. Yeah, so a lot of scary stuff out there. World's a scary place. Enjoy your life while you have it. I have a question. Um, Does your do you worry about this existential stuff at all? Does it bother never. you? Stress you out? Nope. No, it stresses me out. Not like a crazy amount, but enough to notice. I like worry about these. I things. mean, I see it. I see it going on. I watch. You know, the vid- I see the videos. I see, and um, what I've what I've had to do and my. And my, uh, and my, with my perception of it and everything is, I, I don't necessarily take the approach of like the whole, well, it's not 
it's not happening to me, so not my problem. Fuck I it. I can't fix it. Why worry about it? Type deal. Yeah, it's not necessarily just that, though. It's more of a... Do I want to drive myself insane over something that I do literally have no control over? I mean, honestly, I if I wanted to, I could volunteer myself, my time, my life, my everything, and go over there and become an American mercenary and try and fight the good fight alongside of the Ukrainians. You know, plenty we could, of we could go do a podcast on the front lines. Yeah, I mean, plenty of Americans have done that already, um, and you know, to anyone who chooses to do that, good for you. Um, I'm happy you find passion in doing something like that. That's honestly, uh, it's it's kind of a crazy sacrifice, but uh, especially when you're going over there to. I don't know if it's like a profit thing, like if they're making good money signing up to do that, or if it's just, uh, you know, I, I have an excuse to go seek conflict with a foreign country. Fuck Russia. I'm going over there to kill some Russians. I'm sure there's a lot of different ways um, you can look at it. But in general, um, I... I can't control what America does. I can't control what any country is doing right now. All I can do is observe. And I can either drive myself crazy worrying about it and thinking about it all the time. Or I can live my life to the fullest, raise my children, and do what I do when I'm not at work. Which is usually medicate and stuff. But <laughs> party, <laughs> you know, like just live life to its fullest and enjoy the time that you do have. Because regardless of nuclear warfare or getting in a car crash, we're not promised tomorrow. So take take it all for granted and do do what you will. Like there's no point in losing sleep over it. It's only going to drive you crazy. It's only going to make you an anxious and hypersensitive to conflict type of person. I mean, do I do I worry about the future that my children are inheriting every day? But I can only control what how they're being raised. So right. that's what I'm that's what I'm focusing on. Yeah. I agree with that 100%. There are times where it's hard for me to put myself in the mindset, though, and I, like, spiral for a minute. Like, oh, yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. It's not like... <laughs> it's easy to just say, um, fuck it. It's not my problem. That's not an easy thing to do. Um, so, you know, there's a lot of times where I find myself kind of feeling really sorry for you know the horrors that these people have had to go through i think about i think mostly for me as a dad i think i think very um you know sadly for the families who are being displaced the children who have lost their lives meaninglessly um the orphanages that have been blown up isn't that crazy um, the schools that have been attacked. How with, it's just happening in front of us. Yeah, 
yeah, with literal kindergartners, you know, children that are only a couple years older than mine and yours, you know, being murdered senselessly by uh, an, an insane man, an extension of a sane of an a of a insane man's orders. It's um yeah, that's another thing that if I thought about too much it'd drive me crazy. Existential dread is really rough. It is. Like yeah. Yeah, it's, like it's, there's nothing you can do about it. Like you said, it's yeah. Oh, I, <laughs> so it's like, to, I mean, the like I said, the best I could do is volunteer my life to to try and fight it. But even when I'm over there and I'm fighting it, I'm one person. I'm not going to stop a squad of Russian tanks shooting out a fucking elementary school. You I could mean, try though. You can't try sitting here on the I podcast. Can, I could pull a. Saving Private Ryan moment and shoot my Springfield or not my Springfield, but my 1911 pistol at the tank <laughs> until it explodes. But the only reason it exploded is because air support eventually came in and hit the tank for me. So, but they have javelins for that now. They don't have to wait on airplanes. It's anymore. really funny. Yeah, it's a squad based weapon now. We don't have to wait on airplanes. We got it on ground. Do it ourselves. The javelin is just such a miraculous piece of work. Congratulations, Lockhead and Mead. You just you guys knocked <laughs> it out of the park. Uh, yeah. Or Lockheed and Martin. Sorry, that's their name. Lockhead and Mead. Lockhead and Mead. Like that it. sounds like a good beer. Lockhead and Mead. Really fun. Yeah. Lockheed and Martin, yeah, good job, guys. Really top, <laughs> top notch quality weapon that is really playing a big role right now in this conflict. Uh, you guys have really just sent it. You um, know what's funny? There's some dude out there that holds a patent, right? Yeah. So he gets paid every time one of those bitches gets fired. Oh fuck yeah, he does. Like, not only did he that? get paid for all of the would be rounds that they use but he's getting paid every time they use one too. <laughs> uh, crazy because every time you use one it has to be replaced with another yep. so you don't just use one javelin missile and stop needing them um, it's the only thing that's kept Russia at bay and you know it's what's really crazy is we've used javelins and things like modern warfare. Like these weapons are known to us as gamers, yep. and we're like, yeah, you know, it's obvious those are, you know, really uh, tactically uh, sound pieces of death making. But to like see their efficacy in a live battle it's is crazy, isn't insane. It? It's like how did Russia how does Russia not have something like that? They have supersonic fucking missiles, but they don't have something that can Well, they probably counter... have it, but they only have like five of them. That's that's the problem. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> I mean there's like audio logs of a Russian soldier talking on the phone with his girlfriend or wife back back home. And he actually mentions mentions the javelins he's talking about how this whole war is bullshit and how these ukrainian scum have some bullshit american device called a javelin or fucking something like that and they keep 
killing his friends with it or something. <laughs> <laughs> it's like... <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's just... It's kind of a slang... Like a... It's a, it's a heavy slang conversation between him and this woman. And she's like, I want you to come home. And he's like, these bullshit javelins are out here killing the boys, babe. I can't come home. <laughs> they won't let me. They'll kill me. They'll shoot me dead if I try and leave this battlefield. They're sending me expired MREs to survive, and I've got to fight these assholes with javelins. <laughs> Please come pick me up. Can you send my mom? That's awesome. Yeah. Horrible, but... Yeah, you know, they're the invading army, so it's okay. Oh yeah, unfortunately, the uh, the invading army is usually the one looked down upon. Um, and... all they got to do is rise up. It's real simple. We did a coup just last year. Come on, do one of those. Yeah, I mean, the sooner any uh, large sector of the Russian military stands up for itself, because you got to think. With the amount of people that they're trying to get enlisted and battle ready and put into and, and plugged into this conflict, they outnumber the Kremlin and the government infrastructure. They don't have enough cops or prisons to arrest a million fucking people and put them away. Yep. I just and if they do, I'll okay. I'll consider myself corrected, <laughs> but it doesn't sound like something that they have the capability of doing. Right, because yeah. That's that kind of stuff snowballs. Once the movie gets big enough, the police and people say yeah. this is not worth it. Honestly, I I don't know what. Like to me, it should have already happened. I don't know how it hasn't happened yet, and maybe it is uh, just incredibly a... generation, incredible generational propaganda. A lot it, of them do ha- think yeah. they're fighting Nazis over there. Uh, yeah, I mean, it has to be. It has to be propaganda because. If they knew the whole truth and nothing but the truth, so help them God, there's no way in hell that they wouldn't have just raided the Russian palace and thrown this fucking idiot out of a window yet. Um, and, and, and he probably would threaten his own country with a nuke if he thought they were trying to conspire against him. So I will nuke Moscow. I have a bunker that's 700 miles underneath the earth. I don't give a shit. Do you hear that? I heard a bark. He's dreaming. Oh, that's funny. Like yipping little yips in his dream. Oh, okay. My heart is melting. I heard a dog yipping or barking, but I'm pretty, um, like, uh, it's okay. I'm desensitized to that because I have stupid idiot neighbor dogs that will bark at wee hours of the night just because they saw something. No, he was freaking out. That's really funny. Uh, wow. Poor puppy. Oh, that's a good way to end World War Three. That is a good way. With <laughs> puppies yeah. having bad dreams. Speaking of lighthearted news, it's just kind of lighthearted. I mean, unless you're an angler, then it's offensive and crude. <laughs> but uh, Ohio fishermen nearly gets a beat down after stuffing their fish with eight pounds of sinkers at Lake Erie Fishing Tournament. <laughs> this, this video is hilarious. Is I've seen it all over TikTok today. JJ, I, I saw it, and then JJ also sent me every single video he saw of it, and it's it's hilarious. It's like this dude, he's just standing there red-faced like an asshole 
while the judges are cutting open his fish and pulling these massive fucking weights I mean, out of there. Is there like any funny commentary in this video? No, people are pissed. Like, uh, people are yelling like, "Fuck you, fuck you, you piece of shit." Let's go get this motherfucker. Get this motherfucker out of here. Like, it like. There's like 50 fishermen around this dude just fucking screaming and fucking red in the face yelling. Uh, apparently these people, uh, Chase Kaminsky and J- Jake Rau Runyon, apparently they've been uh, accused of cheating before. This is a long time coming. They won $300,000 at this tournament last year. So everyone is like, did they cheat last year? Apparently the police picked them up and they're going to be charged with fraud and possibly other things because this is a large amount of money they're fucking with here yeah but it's like second place was 17 pounds and then this dude's fish was 39 pounds so like i think he overdid the weights a little bit and like i i just imagine like the judge pick like these weights are like the size of an egg or bigger like they are like huge weights it looks like yeah so i just imagine the judge like picks the fish up and you just hear click 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 like it, it fucking waits and it's like guts clicking off each other and you can feel them moving around and shit like it's crazy like but the art the article title says eight pounds of sinkers right so if that's accurate if that's accurate and his fish was 39 pounds and second place was only 17 pounds he would have won without the extra weight yeah so he fucked himself, but it looked like a good amount of weight in the video I saw. As they, they pulled like out like four or five man. of these sinkers out of this fucking fish, and it's crazy. It was so it was so funny. Like he must not have weighed his sinkers before putting them inside of the fish. Oh yeah, or something. I don't know. It's it's golden. It's like it's perfect, isn't it? Like, I understand there's a lot of money on the line, but, like, it's a fishing tournament, dude. I mean, how much it's money not are that serious. How much like, money? They, they won $300,000 last year. All so, right. like, it's a, it's definitely a, a federal felony amount of yeah, money. But... Yeah, in my opinion, that's, that's life-changing money for just about and anyone. I'm not making fun of anybody. I am. But he's just uh, standing there like a dumbass in a pair of blue jeans in a fishing jersey that's just riddled with sponsors. And a fucking hat, and he has like the Oakleys on the oh, hat, and bro. he just looks like such a stupid douchebag. And he's just standing there like an asshole while everyone yells at him. Me, if that was me, and I and, and I and I cheated in that thing, they started pulling fucking weights out of my fish. I would get in my car and I would leave. <laughs> I, like, like I would not stand there and like be berated after I got caught cheating. I I'd already cheated. I would just leave. <laughs> I don't have to stand here and watch this. <laughs> I don't have to take this. You're all losers. <laughs> uh, that's fucking. It's fantastic. Golden. Oh. It is really, really good. I mean, what do you... So, I'm not a competitive fisher by any means. I couldn't even catch a catfish with catfish bait. Um, It was was named Catfish. The bag said said that this bait has better chance of catching catfish. What's going on? But, admittedly, um, 
yeah, I'm not a competitive fisher. And I mean, I guess if I had that much money up for grabs, would I attempt to cheat? What's fun, what I find funnier, most funny, because I'm not ignorant about the story, is the fact that he literally would have won. Like if I if don't, he, if he I don't believe that, but played fair. Yes, how funny is that? Cheaters never win or prosper. But like, like it's like, dude. Yeah, yeah. Eight pounds is a lot. Also, I just I feel like eight pounds of weight would be noticeable holding the fish. Yeah, it's nothing to scoff, scoff at. Um, but yeah, it's. <sighs> Hilarious. Absolutely. And it's all over I TikTok. Just, dude, this dude, he just looked like an asshole. I just, just wish, standing there and yell at <laughs> I just wish so he funny. I just wish he wouldn't have cheated because then he would be he he would be <laughs> he'd be fine and everything would be okay. It'd be all good. Everything would be good. Everything's fine. Everything would be just fine. But no, you had to cheat and now you're paying for it. So go fuck yourself, I guess. Amazing. But Literally. oh well, what do you do? Yeah, don't do that. I guess don't do that. I've been thinking if there's a better way to do it besides the singers. Um, I would have just, put like sand in it. Like that's kind of something. what I was thinking. But I just I imagine the sinkers they were big enough and heavy enough you would feel them moving around inside the fish. Not only that, but do they eat these fish? That's really funny. I they're walleye. I know that. I don't know like. I mean, I would eat it, and I'm sorry if you're putting metal inside your perfectly good fish. Hilarious. Uh, what, are you, what are you doing, man? I think the most effective way would be to inject the fish with something. Like silicone. Yeah. So do like, like fish implants. Yeah. Give it a tit like, job. That'd be the hardest way. <laughs> and, an ass, and an ass job. <laughs> Give it just... Tit. just put two big lumps of silicone like right on its, like, on its belly, like up, upper <laughs> belly, and then put another like two smaller lumps towards its like by rectum, its tail. <laughs> like by its tail. Yeah, that'd be I really would, like. I, I just imagine like human tits, but to scale on the fish. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's like exactly. accurately sized. I mean, if you want to get like super detailed, yeah, you could put some like. Why not? Fish should have nipples. I have nipples, Greg. Can you, Can you milk, milk me? me? That's amazing. Uh, would you say it's a it's? A, I love bad, uh, fuck transitions, segues. Bad yeah. segues are my favorite. Would you say that us both referencing whatever movie that was at the same time was a a coincidence? I mean, were you thinking it before I said it? Yes. Okay, then uh, probably. Coincidences don't exist, Nicholas. Probably, probably not a coincidence. Is what I was trying to get out of my mouth. <laughs> okay, so calm down. Um, oh, so, are you trying to say that that was a synchronicity? Uh, it could be, depending on what your definition of synchronicity is. I saw about seven of them. I, there's so a there is a bunch. He muted, guys. Hold on, To. T-O. T-O. Sorry, I got my allergies are fucked. I no, just keep blowing I've, my nose. I've, I've and heard it. 
I've heard yeah, it loud and a, clear. A stuffy. A stuffy and boy. he's a stuffy daddy. Every time we have a good topic, I'm like fucked up and hard to listen to. Like, Whether my up, nose yeah. is squeaking or I'm stuffy or coughing or Dude, who fucking spiked this? It's fine. It's <laughs> it's whatever. Uh, it's we're talking like... synchronicities. Sweet serendipity. Sweet and I know that's a completely different thing. Serendipity. Just, uh, it just keeps making me think of that song. It does. Sweet serendipity. Uh. Basically, on a basic, like on a basically on a basic level, on like the simplest level, synchronicity simplest. is a related, meaningful coincidence. Coincidence, right? yes. So, like you know, the common ones are uh, seeing number, repeating numbers, or the same numbers over and over again. Or if you think of somebody and they call you, or you're seeing the same signs or symbols over and over again. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we'll go a little more to that in a minute. The I'll number make some 23. examples. Ba, ba, ba. But, uh, like, uh, you know, in people's what they believe in this a lot, like we talked about last week, it changes and varies, and there's a lot of different, like, versions and, uh, like, different levels of seriousness. Like, some people believe there are no coincidences. Coincidences do not exist. There are no random occurrences, you know, like, Everything is planned, pre-written, and going to happen the way it is going to. And then you have people who think of both, like coincidence versus synchronicity versus serendipity. That sounds a lot. This this borderlines some religious teachings and, um, you know, bringing up the whole thing about luck again. Some people don't think there's no such thing as luck, and then other people believe um luck is that one thing and when that other thing meet at the same time at the same time (laughs) opportunity and something else preparedness preparedness and opportunity create luck yeah yeah. uh i just think that's interesting i mean you you have like like i said the sometimes they're synchronicities sometimes they're coincidences but like we keep saying serendipity. Apparently, serendipity is just something good happening to you. So, yeah. like, if you just yeah. find a hundred bucks, that's serendipity. Mm-hmm. But if you need uh, eighty-seven dollars and sixty-seven cents to get your rent, and you find eighty-seven dollars and sixty-seven cents on the ground, that's more into the synchronicity than yes. serendipity. Because, yeah. uh, according to, I cannot think of the man's name, Carl Young. Uh, he's Aww. the one who first came up with it. Like, there has to be meaningfulness to the person who's doing, whoever is experiencing it. Like, uh, it does, and it can't be caused. It can't be like, I thought of you, so I texted you, then you called me. Mm-hmm. So, like, I caused that to happen. You know what I mean? But, yeah. and like, they don't, like, they're not like, big overarching things that have a meaning to a lot of people. It's like when your internal world lines up with the external world, when something you're wanting or wishing or needing internally is given to you or shown to you, or you come across it via the external world we live in and inhabit it. A lot of people, people like say synchronicities are pseudoscience because they can't be measured or tested. 
because it's you know so like internal uh but people say synchronicities like give credence to uh the paranormal could you uh, imagine go ahead yeah. if anyone ever took the blue pill <laughs> be a, short, take the be a pill? short movie uh, I'll be honest with you. I don't remember which pill is which and what, like what the... the red the red pill dissolves that reality and brings you out of the simulation, and then the blue pill just makes you forget that entire interaction and you go about your life. Um, I'm not content enough to take the blue pill. I take the red pill. Oh, okay. <laughs> what about you? <laughs> um, it's tempting to just take the red. Or the blue pill, and just say, you know what, fuck Vibe all this nonsense. I'm, yeah. I'm just gonna keep rolling. I'm not the chosen one. How about that? Yeah. Um, I love that. But but yeah, we'll we'll side we'll side question right. there. Uh, but they say that like, it, the it's kind of it's very pseudosciencey saying it. It's related to the paranormal because it's saying like, well, these two events happened and they're related, but there's no cause, so it must be paranormal. Right. You know what I mean? It has to be non imperial scientific standard operating procedure type stuff for mm-hmm. it to happen. And uh <clears throat> you know, some people say that there are signs like synchronicities mean you're going the right direction or you're going the wrong direction or whatever. Uh but Maybe. it's when like something happens that seems symbolically or literally related to something else in a way that feels beyond coincidence. Like, it could be the same numbers three times in one day, or, like I said, the calling someone thinking about them. Uh, it's like, anytime something happens that seems meaningful and related, and it's beyond accidental chance, because of synchronicity. Uh, some of, like, some reasons of why people think it happens are, like, it's... uh lightning from the unconscious from the void from the universe a bit random in their occurrence but they are meaningful that flies into the is it a coincidence or is it a synchronicity coincidence uh, some people think it's your unconscious mind like saying hi pay attention to me I have something to say uh, a lot of people think they happen when you enter a deeper relationship with your own uh, unconscious or the greater unconscious People who are more spiritual minded, not religious, but spiritual, uh, are more likely to experience these. And maybe that is a confirmation bias where, you know, they're thinking about them. So they're looking for them. So they're seeing them compared to them. Like if you're like, if it's because to me, there's more credence to a truly random synchronicity, like one that makes you go, huh, that's weird compared to waking up and looking for synchronicities every day in your everyday life. You know what I mean? Yeah. If it To me, it has to be powerful enough to pull you out of your reality. Like, to be like, wait a minute, that's weird. That's that's weird. Mm-hmm. That's not normal. And I feel like if you're inviting that mindset in, that obviously you're going to see more. Uh, like I said, others believe they're a sign of encouragement or you're going the right direction. And then this person says, I tend to believe it's a static electricity from when you rub two inner lives together, whether they be two persons or an external in- internal life of one person. That which is interesting. Well, that maybe I'm reading into it wrong, but it kind of sounds like it vibes with the soul contract idea. Like 
my past life and my current life or my current life and my future life sync up for a second. It's weird or whatever. I guess. Uh, yeah. The one, the one that really struck me out of all of this was thinking about something then mysteriously having it happen because I have dealt with that before. And that's I've... like almost into manifesting manifestation territory too. But... Yes, I I can see that, but that that's the one that like out of all of them, if I were to put any stock into this, that's where I would probably put said stock. And I don't know. I've had that happen to me on other occasions, so it it stick it stuck out to me. Sometimes the dreaming thing is like yeah and nah. Right. It's uh you know, dreams are definitely a like a way of communicating with yourself indirectly, so to yeah, say. Yeah, the subconscious and Yeah. So if I usually have like a not a disturbing dream, but a like if I fully wake up and then that dream sticks with me throughout the day, if I have one of those dreams, I usually ask them, use them as like a form of self reflection and Obviously, like trying, because, yeah, and trying to trying to understand like what I'm you know what the why did this stick of, with me? Yeah, what yeah. what was the purpose of this dream? Because obviously it's, you know, it's it's stuck out with me throughout the whole day. And that usually doesn't happen. I usually wake up and whatever dream I had just... Is gone forever. Yeah. Uh, I want to read a couple Reddit comments on r slash young, which is about the psychologist, you know, that discovered sure. this. Uh, just to kind of give some examples and other people's point of view. Is This one is, I was listening to one of my tracks in the car on the way to, on the way home and in it place there was a sound bite of thunder uh as i rounded the corner and leveled the wheel for the straight uh at the exact same time of the thunder sound i saw in the distance harvest lights golden lightning with no sound and if anyone else was if it was anyone else's song i would have thought cool coincidence but because it was my track i couldn't help but feel an extra layer of meaning it was as as if existence gave me a nod I don't believe that that's what actually happened. That is to say, I don't think the universe connected to me and said, you're on the right track. But my brain felt that to be the case, and that's important. And then he talks about tarot cards where he says that stuff like that is more statistically likely because if you use the cards enough, you're very likely to pull cards that uh, relate to your current situation, which to me confirms the like it's with the confirmation bias of if you're looking for synchronicities, synchronicities, you're going to find synchronicities. High key, the last time I fucked seriously around with tarot cards, it more or less predicted the death of a family member on my wife's side of the family, and that That's was pretty, pretty fucking... That's why they're locked up. I was shooketh, and I was like, this is some universal bullshit, I shouldn't be fucking with this, I'm done. It's so funny. Not really. I don't. I don't mind tarot. Uh, I've but, actually had right. a lot of. I've had a lot of positive interaction with tarot. But the last time, I fucked around with it, it, it got me good, and I was like, "Yeah, I'm good." That's really funny. I don't need to know this stuff. I don't need to know that's happening right now. I just. I'd rather be surprised. And uh, 
Yeah, yeah, I get that. Uh, this one is like an explain like I'm five type deal. So it says, as if to a child. Two or more things happen. Neither thing causes each other. You cannot see any relationship between them in the outer world. Yet you feel strongly they are related. You feel that together these two unrelated things are meaningful slash important. That's a really good description of a synchronicity for me. Yeah. Uh, Young relates a story to this during one session. The patient told him of a dream which he was given a golden scarab, a piece of jewelry. As she was saying this, Young heard a tapping on the window. He opened the window and in flew a scarabade beetle, the nearest analogy to a golden scarab that one finds at our latitudes. Of course, the two events could not have been caused by one another. One might say it was only coincidence. However, Young says the woman he was working with was a hardcore rationalist. So when Young caught the beetle and presented it to her saying, here's your golden scarab, this is exactly what the woman needed to puncture her otherwise impenetrable rationality. Something real occurred in her presence that she could not explain by any logical means. Nothing else would have convinced her. At that moment, she came to the conclusion that there are some things in life that are not hoaxes and which science cannot explain. At that point, she had to choose whether to dismiss it all with the word coincidence and completely shut herself off from the non-linear possibilities or accept that she lives in a much vaster cosmos than the straight linear thinking she was allowed for. She allowed for. Huh. Yeah. Like, it's just like little, like, it like, it like, it's interesting that even to Young, it was like, it was only relevant because he's actively, you know, talking and pursuing and studying these synchronicities. But like, if he wasn't, and he was just talking to that woman, and she had that dream, and the beetle entered the room, it would still be significant to her. You know what I mean? Like, because, yeah. you know, she had the dream. Exactly. Pretty bonkers. Uh, really crazy. Some more just random examples of are overhearing a couple of strangers talk about something that's a great significance to your own life. Like, let's say you're thinking about breaking up with your girlfriend or whatever, and you hear two strangers' conversation when you're out to lunch, and it's a stranger convincing another stranger to leave his girlfriend. That could be. Uh, Watching an episode of your TV favorite TV show that has the same underlying storylines and focus of your life, but that to me feels like confirmation bias too. Uh, getting the exact message you need at the right moment, uh, meeting at the exact right person at the right time, repeating symbols, connecting at the clock at the exact time of day for many days on end, seeing 11-11, reoccurring signs that seem to lead you somewhere special, your job home, a relationship, hearing the same song repeated many times in unusual circumstances. I had that one happen once. It wasn't like, it was like playing on, it was, I forget what it was, but it was a song that's not my normal genre in like a, a playlist it shouldn't have been in. And then I heard it in like the gas station I went into next or some weird shit like that. Huh. And it was like, that's weird. Uh, I don't like that. And then strange alignments of birthplaces between friends, partners, and colleagues. Like, oh, we were born at the same time, but we grew up in two different states, and now we're best friends. That's weird. <laughs> yeah. So, like, but synchronicities are, I think about this a lot because, like, it's kind of a running joke because I I notice them when they happen, but I don't, like, put too much stock into them. If it's very significant, I will consider it and reflect on it. But like I say, I notice a lot of 
small patterns and things like that that seem irrelevant. So it's kind of a running joke where like, and it happens a lot in small instances where I will like, one that sticks with me is big, like when the war broke out, World War Three. I like had watched the episode of Futurama where Bender and Fry joined the army to get a discount on bubble gum. And they're like, we don't have to fight, right? And the guy's like, only if war were declared. <laughs> and the, the alarm starts going off behind them. And they're like, what's that mean? And he's like, war were declared. Then that same night at work, I was to do a podcast where the host referenced that episode of Futurama and said, war were declared. And then like the next day or a day after or whatever, Russia invaded Ukraine. And it was just so like weird. It was like, that's weird. But I, I see a lot like that for me is where I will hear something referenced in a show or something like that or in conversation with my fiance. And then I will hear it again referenced in a podcast I'm listening to. And it's always weird because it usually happens when I'm like looking for new stuff to listen to. So like going back to old episodes of a podcast I'm listening to now. Right, going back to episodes from 2016, 2017, 2018, or whatever, and just finding an episode by accident where something is mentioned that was also mentioned unrelated earlier in the day. Does that make sense? Or is that just kind of like a jumble of words? That makes sense. So, like, I I think it's kind of like a gateway into schizophrenia, though. Like, it can be. Like... If you put too much stock into it and like you're constantly looking out for it, it snowballs and you see more and you notice more and you cause more and you follow more and you see more, you notice more. And then the next thing you know, you live your life solely by synchronicities or like the same thing with like gang stalking. Like it just seems like something that can be almost dangerous to put too much stock into, you know? Yeah. I, um, insightful. I don't know. The whole thing kind of makes me feel like I think there's like a universal spider web of connection between all life. Everything. Like the it, collective unconscious. Yeah, like idea. everything everything that we interact with, everything we do requires energy and that energy sometimes intersects um, with one another and you know, you have to you have to take chances on things. You have to uh, basically step outside of your comfort zone sometimes. And sometimes you intersect with something that, like, you were thinking about and then it just appears in your daily life and not because targeted ads was turned on on your phone. That's really uh, funny. That's why I had to specify that I was listening to old episodes from previous years and not like something the algorithm suggested to me because then right. it's just my phone listening exactly so uh i kind of i don't know if i necessarily believe it to like a this is my belief but i kind of vibe with the whole science from the universe yeah. version of it where it's like you see these repeating patterns or repeating references when you're doing the right thing or when you're something like when you're like i don't know but that kind of is like the same as like don't listen to it too much but like yeah i don't know that's just like a cool thought to think of that the universe is giving you a nod like yeah keep going do it do it right what you're doing is good
Yummy, yummy. Me likey. Can you think of any that you've seen recently now that you know what a synchronicity is? Um, I actually deal with it a lot when I'm having conversations uh, or in a group, mind you. So on more than one occasion, and more often than not, I usually listen more than I speak when I'm especially in a uh, room of people. I uh, would say I observe versus um, interacting. I interact where I I feel like it fits. But oftentimes, and you can call it anything you want, you can call it a synchronicity or you can call it a, uh, a level of intuition, but I have the ability to predict how things are going to go in a room of people based off of what they're talking about and general knowledge. A lot of times in my head, I answer questions that are being asked or I answer statements that are being thrown around before they are actually asked or told or vice versa. Right. So it's, it's one of those things where I don't necessarily believe that it's just a magical universal, like energy or spirit thing that's going on or whatever through synchronicity. But I think it's come from, a level of observation and intuition. Um, when you observe groups of people for for many years and you know for long enough, you kind of can start playing out how the whole interaction is going to go before it actually goes down. Yeah, the pattern recognition. And yeah, the things like and that. it's all about body language and. You know where where are people looking? Are they looking down? Are they looking up? Are their arms crossed? Are they are they relaxed? Are they sitting? Are they standing? How are they sitting? How are they standing? Breathing, um, yeah. yeah, yeah. I've I've just learned how to kind of calculate all these little nuances and kind of general get a general vibe for how scenarios are going to play out. Um and. I play them out in my head, you know, before I actually, like, if I'm about to have a, con- let's say, I, you know, I wanted to have an import- a important conversation with you, and this is totally natural mm-hmm. um, for anyone to do, I play out how I think that conversation might go in my head before we actually have it. Right. That way, I can already kind of have a preconceived notion in my mind of, well, what's the worst that can... So you, you have to play a few different scenarios. What's the worst that can happen? Happen. Um, the likelihood of uh, positive outcome of that conversation. Or we'll just go with the completely gray, neutral, you know, it won't go bad, it won't go good. It's just going to be a normal conversation with no positive or negative effect. Right, But it also depends on what's happening. If I were to come to you and be like, hey, Tyler, I know you're kind of a broke bitch, but could you lend me like 50 bucks till next payday and I'll, you know, I, I'll get you back, man. And then I'm like, it would be like me thinking, well, 
I would never ask to borrow money from Tyler because I know he has two kids. I know that, you know, he's struggling just as much as I am. He probably doesn't have 50 bucks just sitting around to give to me, let alone do I have 50 bucks sitting around to give to someone else. So I don't really need to have that conversation because I know that the outcome is as much as you would probably love to help out any of your friends financially for a I short would. term. I would. You would. But the realistic thing is, is that most often you probably shouldn't or can't. Exactly. So that's why you don't usually hear me ever like. But I do trying it anyways. To, trying to hit you up. I love my uh, boys. God damn it. Yeah, obviously, if you can help, I know you would help. I would do the same thing. If if you needed that from me, I'd be like, well, you're a real ball buster, but, you know, I'm going to try and figure out a way to help you here. Mm-hmm. Um, So, yeah, it's like if I was going to have that conversation with you, I would probably put put the conversation in the neutral ball court, which means I don't exactly know what you're going to say, which is why I'm initiating the conversation. Right. If I thought you would say yes, I would ask. If I knew most definitely, regardless of whether you want to help but can't, I, I would most likely lean towards not asking. Just to avoid, yeah, I get that. Just to avoid the awkwardness of having put that on you. Because yeah. I feel more, I feel more bad making you feel like you can't help me than me knowing you. That makes sense, though. I get that. Yeah. I don't know. It's really interesting to just kind of look for patterns. I feel like this kind of is like on the same vein of we talked about the Fibonacci sequence, I think, a few weeks ago. Yeah. And it's yeah. just like how things are all connected. Universal code. Yeah. We've been kind of on a universe greater being kind of connection kick recently. And it's been fun to dive into and kind of dip my toe into spirituality because spirituality can be really intense like like on some corners of the overall genre of spirituality are very intense and surprisingly and i submit there's a lot of there's a lot there's there's (laughs) yeah yeah i get and i'm yeah i i mean i'm always fully open to you know embracing um not embracing but welcoming new ideas and hearing them out and seeing what you know they think is going on or how they feel about things and yeah i humor that all the time i think it's cool it's interesting it's fun it's harmless at the end of the day because no one's putting a gun to my head saying that this is the way it is and this is our religion and if you, you don't like it i'm gonna blow your fucking brains out are one motherfucker i'm trying yeah. to help you motherfucker I mean, short short yeah exactly <laughs> short of joining a cult you're never gonna have to experience that hopefully um, unless, unless we become this a Christian nationalist police, state, I say unless we become a policed religious state where you know we're all forced to fucking praise Jesus every day. All something. I'm saying is Marjorie Taylor Greene literally said that we should become a Christian nationalist state. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. They're trying. They're trying real hard. Maybe she thinks. Uh, where is she from? Georgia. I have no fucking idea. She should not be. I know she's from the South, and she shouldn't have any interaction with U.S. politics, but unfortunately, she's there. Um, And I feel the exact same. On the complete opposite end of the spectrum, she's basically the Republicans' AOC. 
Um, and I feel, I the, and I feel, AOC. and I feel the exact same way I do about MGT as I do AOC because she's like fake. She's not even for change. She's for political stunts. She she's is like she is a self-proclaimed democratic socialist, which is complete horseshit. She is a full-blown communist cunt, um, and I'm. And I'm saying that word only because she's a two-faced, backstabbing, lying piece of shit um, who says whatever is convenient for an election and what her constituents want to hear. Now, she runs out of Harlem, uh, New York, specifically. So uh, she's dealing with a a pretty hard-up... Uh, territory in New York specifically, uh, kind of a poor neighborhood, not a lot of opportunities. Um, so she's going for this whole like she's trying to eat the rich and spread their wealth to people who have either no ambition to try and better themselves or just don't have the means to better themselves. Because everyone has technically, I guess everyone technically has the means to better themselves, whether they think they do or not. You can always take steps to better yourself, but I think luck kind of plays into that as well, and that's a whole separate conversation that has nothing to do with what we're talking about right now, except for the fact that she's an extremist on the liberal side of the aisle. And majority is an extremist on the right side of the aisle. Majority. That's a really, I love I, that. Just I hate that name. That's really funny. Fucking hate her name. Uh, I hate everything about her. Before we get too political, you want to move on to some assholes, or we could we could keep talking about shitty senators and congressmen and women. I mean, we don't want to be here all night. I don't want to. We can go people, state by state if you want. I don't want to put people to sleep with how much I hate politicians. I already did. So funny. I already went on a fucking rant about. Do you really the, want to be put on two different watch lists in one episode, Nick? Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. And start talking too much <laughs> shit about elected officials, and there's another domestic terrorism charge. It's um, really, really. I had nothing you to on... do. I had nothing to do with January sixth. Where were you on January sixth? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Where there's a synchronicity right there. That's yeah. We're just twin flame soulmates. Yes, on the same wavelength. That's that's a whole another spiritual conundrum that. We could spend time. I say I want to do that sometime too, since we're on the same vein. But uh, it's just weird and interesting. Yeah, like but... like like how this all started with was, I'm very embracive and I like to hear things out. And like I said, if I don't like them, I have the choice not to put any stock in them. But I can, but I can take away the knowledge and I can take away the experience of learning about it. And apply it to other thinking Where it's processes. Yeah. Um, More well-rounded. You know, L. Ron Hubbard and his Scientology. I what mean, a horny man. Yeah. He just... <laughs> what a sender. We'll call him McCindy. But, uh... You, sh- you should listen to the last podcast on the left series about LRH. It's gold. 
I'm sure it is. I'm sure those guys did a really good job about it too. Yeah, they did. It was Which really makes interesting. me, which makes me slightly Are you jealous? jelly. Are you jealous? I'm jelly. Honestly, I wouldn't be opposed to doing a deep dive on Dahmer next week because the Dahmer show is all Yeah, the rage it's right it, now. it, I I and you know what? I get it. Okay, I I it's really like, do. do we want to ride the ride the wave of interest? But it's I also like Dahmer has been beaten to the fucking ground, especially over the last five years. Yeah, honestly, I don't know why it's coming to a head all over again because There's been two movies, a we've documentary already series, we've and this already series. established this. We've crossed this bridge. It's it's like they purposely keep bringing him up on purpose. And you know when you do that, and I and I get and I get the allure uh, and and the attraction to the subject because it's it, it comes down to a, a psych a psychology thing. We have a desire to understand why these people were the way they were, because we're nothing like that as normal everyday people, and we just want to try, even if it's just for a very short period of time. understand we want we want to try and understand it um, yeah oh we could do a different true crime serial killer i i would like to get back to that it's been a while since we've done i have anything a really hard time getting into that stuff because it's just really not my area of focus or interest really you're not um a, a true and crime person no and honestly i mean if it if it was like about like 1920s bootlegging or about some sort of like gang activity i would probably find more interest i've i find organized um crime groups more interesting than like isolated individuals who just went on a murder spree I have a good topic we could talk about. It's I want to say there's a Clint Eastwood movie based on this, but there was a time in I want to say the seventies where a ex army ranger and his army ranger buddies got in a shootout with a a sect of the Crips in front of his house. Isn't that It's Gran a pretty. Torino? It might be. I, I, that might be what that movie's based off of. Yeah, Well, no, but. because they're he gets shot up by um, a an Asian gang. But I'm thinking it's the, that story, but you know, fleshed It's like out. I don't know. it's Yeah, like but different. based off. It's like based Yeah. off of that theme. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, like Bonnie and Clyde, or Billy the Kid, or Jesse James. You know, even old school like Western stuff. I find. I find that type of stuff infinitely fascinating because it wasn't just, it wasn't just you know a psych a pathological killer, psychological thriller, anything like that. It was uh, it was more of a lifestyle and a uh, and you know there was art and passion and integrity, uh, so somewhat respect. You know, you gotta I love a good you gotta serial respect killer, the man. You gotta especially have to kill the killer. one who is stupid or just like not good at life. Like, You come to because me there's on something the day of my daughter's uniquely wedding. terrifying about the fact that some man can't read, but he's liable to fucking break into my house and tie me up and choke me with my own guts. You know what I mean? Throw, Like, throw you in a river with cement boots. Like I serial killers are so fascinating to me. I I'm not a big fan of cold cases just because I like the wrap up, the You like the closure. resolution. Yeah, Yeah. the resolution. But I do love a good true crime. Um I get that though. Uh assholes, yeah.
I don't watch SVU for what it's worth. Law and Order SVU Hilarious. is quite literally my least favorite thing on earth. Hilarious. Um, and it's because I have a really hard, I struggle really hard with um, glorifying rape and child murder. Valid. Well, there's lots of serial killers that didn't do either one of those things. There is, there is. I'm not saying all serial killers are rapists or pedophiles. and child killers, but plenty of them are, and it's enough to make me not want to deal with it. That's very valid. Not liking true crime is okay. It's okay not to be a depressive. I am advocating for, and listen, I know that that is pretty much That's last a hot pod, take. That's like last podcast bread and butter. And the reason I'm not an avid listener is because I just quite frankly don't get into that. I think you would genuinely love their history series. They've done I, Bob Bar- not, they've done Bob Barker, they've done Billy the Kid, I, they've done the Dauber Party. Yeah, I'm not saying I wouldn't because I genuinely think they're a great group of guys. They're funny. They have a really well put together show. They obviously make us look like amateurs, which we are. So funny. And yeah, I totally respect what they do. I just personally their meat and potatoes of their I mean they tour live like they do live podcasts in front of like an auditorium like a live studio audience essentially um one of my co-workers went there back in earlier I would love month, to go see them live earlier They're my in September they went up to Cleveland and watched them and I was like you're really going to an auditorium to just watch a bunch of dudes sit in a circle and talk? Hilarious. Uh, <laughs> Have a conversation? That's weird. You know what? They, I love them so much. I'm a fanboy for one second. Favorite podcast. Listen to all 400-odd episodes they've done. Mm-hmm. Last year, my Spotify wrapped. They were my number one podcast. And I had 56,000 minutes. <laughs> of listen time for them. Wow. Yeah. It's a bunch. Bunch. That is 38 days of my life. 30. Listening to the last podcast on the you list. Just last re- year. You must really like them. I do. I, yeah. They're they're actually one of my sources on some of our more obscure topics. I'll listen to them and then do some reading and listen around on the obscure parts of YouTube and things like that too formulate my unwise analysis of any given subject. You like how he shoehorned the name in there? Okay. Alright. Well, uh, let's do some assholes, I guess. <laughs> Am I the asshole for talking to my boyfriend's estranged mother without his permission? Yeah. I saw this title and I was like, yes, you're a bitch. Um, <clears throat> I, 26 female, I'm a PhD student and I've been dating Sam, 29 male, for the last three years. Early on in the relationship, he told me he's no contact with his family. I asked him why, but he said that it's not something he wants to discuss. I haven't brought it up since then, and he hasn't dropped any hints to why. I was at a conference this past week where one of the keynote speakers said Sam's rather uncommon last name. I texted him a picture of the flyer and said, LMAO, is this your long-lost aunt or something? He texted me back saying, no, that's my mom. Uh. I, I, t- <laughs> I talked briefly with Sam's mom during a Q&A session that followed her presentation. She was so nice. I'm sorry, my dog was he's, he's doing something back there. She was so nice and patient when answering my questions that I started to wonder why Sam was no contact with her. After I came home from the conference, I told Sam that I talked to his mom. She seemed really nice. He dropped back. He dropped his fork on the floor and completely blew up at me, accusing me of betraying him. 
even though I told him uh, she that she had no idea who I was, and I talked to her. I just asked her some questions about her research. He also said that him being no contact with his family automatically meant that I was forbidden from talking with him without his permission. I guess I was so scared because I've never seen him get angry or raise his voice at anything. I booked an Uber to a friend's place and told him that I'm staying with them and uh, until he gives me a genuine apology and an explanation as to why he went no contact with his family. Uh, this is tough because I read the title and I was like, yes, yeah, she's an asshole. But there's two things here. Uh, one, she shouldn't... Okay. She didn't talk to the lady. She did not meet the lady. She talked to her in a very parasocial way where the lady has no idea who she is. I'm sorry. He's squeaking in the background. I'm going to grab it after this. Uh, the lady has no idea who he is, who she is. And there's like she has... From that kind of setting, especially the Q&A, she cannot judge the mom's character in any facet. She can't because that lady's doing out her job right now. She's at work. Of course, she's going to be polite and nice. It, it, that is no rev, or relevance to how she acts behind closed doors or in the home. And for him, I think it's valid being upset that she like, I talked to your mom. But he should also be able to see that she did not actually talk to his mom. Like that she didn't like his mom doesn't know that's his girlfriend. They didn't talk about him or why there's no contact or his childhood. It, like she, yes, spoke to the person who was his mom, but she did not talk to his mom. You know what I'm saying? Yes. So it's very gray. I, yeah, I more or less agree with you. I mean, there's not a it's not. I think that's the most reasonable way to look at it. Personally, I would. If I had to answer, I would say she's an asshole for being like, "I talked to your mom. She's nice. Why don't you talk to her?" That's what she seems nice. Yeah. I think that's an asshole thing to do because, like I said, she didn't actually meet the woman. She just yeah. Imagine if someone like said that about your mom, for that's, instance. Like, that's that's why I saw the title and I was like, "That's no. why I identify." Yeah, it's yeah. me being biased, you know. Yeah, but yeah. like not the first time very gray and that's why i thought it was interesting after i read it because i was like well yes but no but yes but no yes no but yes no yeah, yeah it's that shit but... but that's what the comments are mostly saying is like she's the asshole because she was like this one says she was nice and patient with you while doing her job that you questioned her that you questioned his reason for no contact that's super naive and disrespectful to your boyfriend how dare you yeah because yeah oh well that's like i mean not to not to be that guy but like people were always like your mom's so cool she's so nice she'd let you do whatever but then like you know like like she's a bit of a bitch yeah Yeah, you don't want you don't want no smoke with this okay it's and not worth you it. know the two people who were always like my best friends staying at my house all the time one of them being josh they know my mom like they know my mom they don't they, they know past the whatever front she'd put up for strangers and friends and all that so that's why i like you know i get it get it uh this one was kind of interesting i wasn't sure how you feel about it i don't really know how i feel about it but it's yeah. Am I the asshole for going topless at a nude beach in front of my friends? 
I was invited on a three-day vacation with three of my girlfriends and their husbands, plus two of the husband's single guy friends. On the last day, we were exploring the city and came upon a beach. It looked nice and fun, so we hung out there for a while before stumbling on an adults-only nude section of it. There weren't many people overall, but I did see a few other women in the distance without tops on, so I thought it was clear for me to take mine off as well. It was great. Nobody else joined me, though. We all continued to talk and joke in a circle for a while, and I thought we were all having a really fun time. Then one of my friends said she felt sick, so we had to. Leave. We left abruptly. Uh, early in our conversation on the way back was basically uncomfortable, uncomfortably silent, with the exception of low talking that I wasn't a part of and some guys goofing around in the back. Later that night in the main room, I find myself avoided by almost everyone until I'm confronted like it's an intervention of some sort by these three girls about how it was inappropriate for me to expose myself in front of their husbands. I was shocked and told them that I didn't mean anything by it. They said it's obvious that you don't just go naked in front of your friend's husbands. And we're all like, notice how you were the only one naked and you didn't wonder why. This exploded into further arguments with me calling them insecure about their relationships until it accumulated eventually into them all saying they don't trust me to be a part of their friend group anymore. All I thought I was, I thought I was just enjoying myself at the beach, not exposing myself to my friend's husbands. Am I the asshole? No, girl, you let that shit fly. That's kind of of like, uh, we. I just feel like, I we wouldn't like, it wouldn't be an issue. It'd be a whatever kind of, kind of deal. Like, there's enough security in our relationship that it is not like. I don't like that because that to me displays a lot of insecurity in a way like he saw another girl's boobs he's not thinking about me and my titties he wants to fuck her and not fuck me anymore you know it's like yeah it's just pure insecurity on there yeah part, you know um, if you if you if you're if on you, a new beach fuck him well just you know maybe have the balls and the communication skills to be like uh I'm not really comfortable on the nude beach. Let's go back to the normal beach. Or like, can you please put, put your shirt on, Janet? Uh, I'm feeling a little uncomfortable. Don't or, go you know to what the I mean? nude beach. Yeah, like, don't, like... Don't put yourself in that situation. Yeah, I don't You're think the she's asshole. the asshole. I don't know, but she's like... She's the asshole, not Like, me. I'd be uncomfortable if someone, like, whipped their cock out randomly, I guess. But, like... I also wouldn't be in a, put myself in a situation where someone could whip their cock out and not be in the wrong. I get pretty offended when people <laughs> just whip their cocks out. I also don't think I don't want to see that. Cocks and boobs are equivalents. Boobs are, you know, they're, they're... so. Alrighty, yeah, that's it for me. You got anything? No, not much. It's uh, pretty. It's time to go. Do some dad stuff. So yeah, I get that. Hey, chill out, chill out. It's not that serious. I think he has to go potty or something. Um, you know, dad stuff once again. Yeah, good podcast. Lots of fun stuff. Check out oh, the yeah. socials. Otherwise, analysis podcast. Bebo, you can't eat that. That is plugged in, and it will shock you. Uh, you know, it's been fun. Always. Bye. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm leaving it in.